0: Welcome to Slalom. This is Slalom On Air, a podcast series sharing how our core values inspire our work. Real voices, real stories, real impacts. Our goals are to dream bigger, move faster, and build better tomorrows. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of On the Edge. I am Dave Euler. I manage research and development here at Slalom Consulting. I get to talk to some amazing, random, and weird, and fantastic people in the world. ESG is a really difficult topic, it is a whole bunch of stuff to unpack. I am really lucky to be joined by someone that knows a whole heck of a lot more about this than me, Cindy Tam. Cindy Tam is our director of Slalom's Global ESG team. She's focused on directing, helping, and building our clients' momentum in terms of their journey for sustainability, for their business, for the future, for the earth. Cindy, welcome to On The Edge.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Dave. I can't wait to talk to you more about sustainability.
0: Oh, dig it. All right. Well, ESG. Cindy, help me unpack even that term. We have seen it a lot. We've heard a lot. What's it mean? And then
1: what's behind it? So ESG stands for environmental, social, and governance. And at its core, it is a set of principles and metrics that are used to guide and evaluate the practices of a business and the impact they have on society. So under environment, you're maybe looking at things like energy and emissions and and toxic chemicals. For social, it could be employee engagement, learning and development, and governance, maybe risk and accountabilities and privacy. So it's really things that we are familiar with, but but grouped under an umbrella that is sort of new, but it's a new way of kind of thinking about how do we measure the risk and opportunities for a business?
0: Oh, I love it. Cindy, I'm a huge fan of I don't know. And I bet we've got a whole bunch of people that uh, I don't know about how climate impacts, how social justice impacts. There's a lot of things to unpack in this conversation. But even before we get into that, I would love to get into a little bit about you. Why is this passionate for you?
1: Yeah, um, I have been at Slalom for seven years, and for a good chunk of the time, I was working in the social sector with philanthropy, nonprofits. And a few years ago, I had a little bit of a career midlife crisis where I decided to take a six-month sabbatical and traveled around the world um, across um, RV trip, really, across the uh, United States, um, spent a few months in East Asia, spent a few months in East Africa. And I had this grand vision that I would be hiking up a mountain, I would stand at the peak and and realize that, you know, I was born to write. That didn't happen. I kept standing on mountaintops <laughs> oh. and nothing came. But at the end of that six months, the one theme that kept coming back to me was everything that I'm witnessing around the world in every corners of the world, the devastation of climate crisis and the deterioration of our beautiful environment, the impact it has on local communities, the forests and faunas, it really hit home that there wasn't anything that meant more to me that was more important for me to do personally than dedicate my time to this cause. And so when I came back from this trip, I went to my manager at the time, and I just said, this is what I want to do. I I found my calling. And I received nothing but support across my entire Solum ecosystem and support network to just help me figure out how to do that at Solum. Um, So when our team was formalized, I was one of the first people that raised our hand and said, I want to do this. And that's the team where I sit today.
0: That is awesome. Well, Cindy, I am super happy that I have a guardian of the planet among me. You know, it's hard to unpack the whole ESG equation, and there's no easy one. And I think for a lot of folks, we want to ask the easy question like, oh, what can I do? And we're going back to, you know, some of the consummation pieces of like, you know, what about recycling? Well, I recycle. Mm, do you? Right. Does your town recycle? Do you really do it in a meaningful way? Does it actually like show up that way? Does it, does the thing that you put in the garbage, does the thing you put in the recycle actually end up in a positive impact for what you're trying to do? Right. And the reality is you really need to think about your own footprint and what's meaningful to you and why are you doing it more than anything else? The rub is I would love for people to start unpacking a little bit at a time. If we don't do that, we're probably not going to make any change.
1: Yep. I I couldn't agree more. Um, And so, Dave, what is your personal connection with ESG? As we talk about exploring this in our personal life, what is it about ESG and sustainability and this movement that speaks to you? And what's your perspective on it?
0: If there's one thing that maybe the the most first and foremost that I've got in my head is – our, our dependence on each other, right? Uh, in my non-slolem life, uh, I am a firefighter. Uh, I spent a little bit of time this summer um, out in eastern Washington uh, and some of the fires that we had in Cheney. It's rough, right? Some of these are man-made. Some of these are just naturally occurring. There's a whole bunch of reasons why fire happens. But ultimately, we've got a lot of people that are way more dependent on them being able to have sustained and capable services, right, rendered to them, and some of this stuff is getting further and further away, right? Can we save these towns? Can we save these areas? If it's happening more often, right? If we see, um, you know, fundamental shifts in weather, right? Uh, are we seeing hotter, drier climates? Are we seeing, uh, you know, flashier fuels that are actually right out and about, and those flashier fuels catch fire? We're all vulnerable to this, and we've got to think about this in terms of. If my house catches fire, it's your house catching fire next. And, you know, it could be a thousand miles away. It could be 10 feet away. Uh, But that's maybe what makes it most personal to me.
1: Well, first of all, Dave, thank you. Um, I did not know that. I did not know that you buy fires <laughs> on weekends and evenings. Um, so thank you for doing that. But I would also like to echo something that you said, which is the fact that this is a problem that we all have to come together just to solve. This is not something that one person or one company faces or has to find a resolution for. And I think that's what we're seeing as a An opportunity and a challenge for a lot of businesses, right? Because a lot of our clients are not used to having to partner with their peers. But to make a difference, to move the needle on climate change and climate crisis, we need that. We need everybody from different parts of the ecosystem coming together to drive systemic change. To move the needle, you really do need to figure out with your suppliers, with your competitors, with your consumers, what is the role that everybody has to play in order to adopt a different way of operating and start to think about the people and the environment, and everything that's impacted as part of what we just take for granted.
0: So when you think about the clients that are doing right, when you think about the folks that are getting it, it maybe directionally correct, what's top of mind for the clients right now that are on their journey?
1: Um, data and measurement. A lot of it has to do with the what you and I just talking about, right? If you decide what topics, what areas are most important for your business and you're trying to improve that? What does what's that mean? When you say improve on something, you first have to figure out where you are today. What's your baseline? How much water are you consuming today? And what types of improvement initiatives can help you reduce that? Um, one of the recent project that we completed for a, a global high-end fashion retailer was to help quantify Dozens and dozens of improvement initiatives across emissions and waste that their company is undertaking and try to translate all that into pounds of waste diverted from landfill and tons of emissions abated and reduced. So the concepts of 200 pounds of plastic that used to go to landfill and now I'm using it for something else what is that in terms of carbon emissions? It gets technical really quickly, but having a consistent methodology and calculation to really figure out where you are and be able to track how much you've improved and how much you have saved and debated as part of a single initiative and be able to aggregate all of that and tell a story to yourself and to your external stakeholders, that's part of the challenge.
0: Uh, All right. Well, Cindy, I got to put you on the spot. What is one guilty pleasure that you used to partake in that you now either feel really bad about, or you just decided not to do it all because you're like, eh, you know what? That's just, that's just way too much impact. I don't need that much footprint.
1: Oh man. So many to choose from. Where do I start? Um, I'll probably pick diet. I am on essentially what I consider to be maybe a 10 year journey, from where I am now to vegetarianism. I, I am perhaps three years into that journey. So it's a very gradual lifestyle change to adopt a more plant-based diet and start to find alternatives to what I used to enjoy and discovering new dishes, new recipes, and new ingredients that I've never paid attention to and finding joy and excitement in that. Overall, that is the hardest habit I had to give up.
0: Wow, Cindy, I am yeah. beyond impressed. Dietary changes—that is about as hard as it gets. So, uh, well done. Let's What's unpack oh. anything
1: in, in your in your world that you're giving you know up had to give up.
0: I travel a ton less than I did. Are there times when it's called for? Are there times when you know what we've got this many folks and we've got this topic and we believe that it's actually important enough that we should do that? Making a really conscious decision about that. It was fun. And at the same time, I look at that now and I'm like, wow, did we really need to travel 3,000 miles? Do we need seven people to actually make that trip? So I think about that a lot now. When you think about the people, like individual human beings, right, not part of an organization, right, what can you do and what advice would you have to those people, whether they're going to work tomorrow and they happen to work at a big company or they're going to work tomorrow and they're going to drive a single person in their Uber,
1: Yeah, I think for folks who are part of a company, the first thing I would encourage if they don't already know is where their their own company is on their journey in sustainability and ESG. And that could mean taking a look at your goals and targets. Has the company made any commitments? If they have made commitments, what are they doing and how can you be a part of that? Help your company start that dialogue. Ask for accountability. Ask for progress. And be a part of that change if you're not seeing it.
0: Oh, love it. Cindy, I appreciate the time. I appreciate the direction. I appreciate the insights. So I am excited to see what we can do. I'm excited to see what we can do better. I'm excited to see what we can learn. And I'm certainly excited to see what you do next.
1: Thank you, Dave. I It's been an honor and a pleasure. And I so appreciate your thoughtful questions. It's definitely gotten me thinking about certain things that I have not thought about in a really long time. So thank you.
0: Oh, Cindy, I love that. Thanks for listening to Slalom on Air. Tune in to hear more by following us on your preferred podcast listening app. New stories will be coming regularly. And if you're interested in joining Slalom, check us out at slalom.com slash careers.